There is a simple message tonight and we're looking at the sword of the spirit and we're doing so in the morning service as well as the prayer meeting it lined up like that. And <clears throat> it's very, just taking metaphors or sayings through the word of God about the word of God and looking at them. Well, I'll look at probably a half of, half of those this evening. And if there are others you think of, let me know um, those ones. If you can think of other metaphors or descriptive words for the scriptures. And so <clears throat> we go to Hebrews, first of all, chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. <clears throat> and 19. Let's pray before we start looking at some of these verses we have. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for those that are able to come and willing to come. And Lord, may we bring our petitions to you. May we think of your word and the wonderful thing that it is to us. And Lord, may we meditate upon that. We thank you now for those at camp. And we continue to pray for the speaker and director, the same individual, and all the campers and leaders, Lord. Minister to them, give them safety, give them spiritual understanding, and save young souls. Let the children come unto you. Lord, we pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Hebrews 6, 18 and 19. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor to the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. <clears throat> Can God lie? No. Will he lie? No, he will not lie. It's his character not to, but to tell the truth. And God has told some wonderful truths in the word of God. That those of us who by faith have believed <coughs> have come to him and we have strong consolation. As it were, an anchor to the soul. An anchor to the soul. <coughs> I was thinking of other uses of the word anchor and I was thinking of the book of Acts and Paul in some of the shipwrecks that cast out the anchors and held fast until dawn to see where they were. They knew they were getting close to land. No lights, but they had the ability to sound the depth. Lower ropes, I'd say, and weights on the end and see how close they were getting closer, closer. Throw out the anchors. And the ship broke up eventually and they all escaped. But the anchor, we think of an anchor as something that's Sure and sure and steadfast. <clears throat> Years ago, when I just started working, we were working at a Melbourne re water reserve, and we'd finished the dam. It took about three and a half years, and there was all the big roads, with the whole roads for big dump trucks to go up, and they were all going to be flooded inside the dam, and so we had to clean them all, clean them all up. And so I was an anchor man. <laughs> I was a bulldozer with a winch on the back of it and lowering another bulldozer down in all the soft dirt, 
huge boulders, granite boulders, down toward that, right to the edge of the water. And sometimes we wouldn't get our singles r signals right, and he'd go forward when I was going to winch him up. <laughs> and uh, both machines, bang, <laughs> felt it. But <clears throat> you're the anchor man because if you, if I didn't pull, he was he's going in the drink. <laughs> and it's it's like that with God and His Word, isn't it? It's an anchor to the soul, both sure and steadfast. It's it's not going to give way, not going to give up. It's permanent it's forever and so i pray that we have an anchor <clears throat> there's other words that are used similar in the book of isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 we have a <clears throat> the use of the word stayed here thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee mine is stayed you know when the things of this world get rough our mind can be stayed on the Lord Jesus, stayed on the word of God that doesn't change. Forever, O Lord, is thy word settled in heaven. Not going to change. People's, people might come to a better understanding of the scriptures, but no matter what they believe, the word doesn't change. And uh, <laughs> what does the Bible say in the book of Proverbs about those that are given to change? Woe to those that are given to change especially when it comes to the bible i was just reading historical accounts of the early early church today for some hours about things they changed and the big change came with augustine and it's affected the church from then till now badly badly because of how he changed what he believed and he said, I once believed that, but I don't anymore. And he changed his belief because he looked around and said, oh, that's what, that's what it must mean. So let's interpret the Bible by what I see. No, <laughs> let's stick with the truth of God's word. It doesn't change. It's an anchor to the soul. It's, it's something we can stay our belief on something solid and fixed. <clears throat> In chapter 28 of the book of Isaiah and verse 16 this time therefore thus saith the Lord God behold I lay in Zion for a foundation stone a tried stone a precious cornerstone a sure foundation he that believeth shall not make haste who is it talking about the Lord Jesus the rock of ages I lay in Zion a stone <clears throat> Who can remember Murrindindi? Pastor McConnell. Oh, Ruth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tony. No, 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 no. You were one year out, weren't you? Louise. Yeah, there's a few of us around. Remember the flying fox? What was it stayed to? A big rock. That's it. <laughs> a, big, a rock on top of a rock. It was. And it stood up on top of the bottom rock. And the cable come from the top rock behind. And, and off you. It didn't, didn't budge. Rock didn't move, no matter who went down, <laughs> who went down the uh, flying fox over. They were the days, weren't they, when you could had liberty to do things without all these licenses. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the, the rock stayed, and uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's still. They haven't been to Mount Buffalo for quite a time, but there's a big rock on the way up, and it's shaped like a huge egg. It'd be as, probably as long as this building. 
sitting on top of another rock. It's on the right-hand side going up. You ever seen that one? We used to let our kids out there and they all run underneath around this rock. But <clears throat> rocks, it, it, they th- you think of them as something don't move, and they don't. They're very heavy <laughs> compared with water. They, they, and, and we have that as an anchor. We have the Lord Jesus as something, someone that doesn't change. It's the, the living word of God. Let's go to the second metaphor used of God's word. Not only an anchor, a stay, a cornerstone, but Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11 to 14. Hebrews 5. get it <laughs> Hebrews 5:11 Let us labor therefore Sorry wrong over the over the page a bit <laughs> verse 11 of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered seeing ye are dull of hearing for the time ye ought to be teachers ye have neither one teacher again the first principles of the oracles of God and have become as such as have need of milk and have not a of strong meat for every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil what is the word likened to here two two metaphors here meat and milk meat and milk <clears throat> good to have a drink of milk but there's nothing like a good steak. Isn't that right? And one saying of Brother Wicks, years ago he used to come, <laughs> I don't know if Pastor McConnell remembers, Brother, how did he say it? Brother, where's the beef? <laughs> he liked to have a feed of beef. <laughs> he liked to have a feed of meat. And at some, many times there he used to pack up a, a few legs of lamb and take it back with, in his luggage to America when it was very cheap here. And he'd take the lamb back to, I don't know if that was legal, but he did. <laughs> he ate it anyway. So, <laughs> But where's the meat? <laughs> yeah, I can remember on only one occasion that in dinners we've had, you know, we, we don't say, you bring this, you bring that, and that. We just let people do their, do their thing and all their specialties. Variety, spice of life. But one time... Everyone seems to want to brought salads. There's only a little bit of meat. One, just one time it happened. <laughs> Where's the meat? <laughs> and I remember we rushed off down there, got a few chickens. But <clears throat> we need the meat. It, it satisfies, it, it fills, doesn't it? And we need the meat of the Word of God. Now, this study tonight is not so much meat. This is more on the milk side. And um, I'm reminded when I go home... <laughs> That was pretty light tonight, <laughs> and I, I get what's being said, because <clears throat> you know where's the beef, where's the meat of the word? Strong meat belongeth to those that are of full age, those who by reason of use. And remember doing the times table, way way back. By reason of use, what did you come to know? You could say one of them anywhere in the twelve in the times table and you could say that give the answer like that by reason of use by reason of going over and over and by reason of use 
you have your senses exercised. Before there was computers and all the things we've got, the mod cons today, they, they used the word and people cross-reference the scriptures for by reason of use, they were able to think, huh, yeah, back in Genesis, up in Revelation, wherever they were in the scripture, they were, that's what God wants us to get to, to the point when we read the Bible, we can think of other verses that have to do with this subject. And when we get to that point in our Christian life, we are, we are able to teach others also of the truth of God's word. It, it's a blessing and, and you don't get off track because you know, you know you'll, you'll hear something you say, hmm, doesn't sound right, something wrong. Think about it long enough and you should be able to come up with Bible verses, you know somewhere, principles in the word of God that says no, that's not right. And um, <clears throat> the meat, reason of use, as we said on Sunday, do we have to, you know, dust the Bible off, blow it off, <laughs> or is it in use? <clears throat> are, you a, are you spiritually strong, eating the good things of the word of God? No, no one individual will ever get to the bottom of all the things that could be studied in the Word of God. That's because God's the author. That's, yeah, but the child can read it and understand too. God's the author. <laughs> now another one, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 6. Easy, easy, these are easy to pick out. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I was pig hunting once with some folk from the church, that would be 40 years ago, and they said, never just wound a pig. If you're out there on your own, then be sure you've got more than one bullet. <laughs> because if you do, and they, they come and they rend you. And folks, here it's talking about God's word as being a pearl. Don't cast it before the swine who continually trample it underfoot. You know, you can talk to people who just despise God's word. They don't want to hear God's word. And... They'll turn and lacerate you and they'll mock you and they'll make fun of you in front of other people and everything else. And <clears throat> they don't want to know God's word. They want to hear God's word. You know, have you ever tried to give even just a, a Christmas card to maybe a neighbor? And, no, they, they, they refuse it. You think, you know, what harm, harm can that be in, in a society where we do celebrate Christmas? What's Christmas about? And they turn and, they turn and lacerate you and mock you. And it is a pearl. It's a pearl of great price. That is the church. But the word is a pearl too. There's two different ways that that can be put in, in the Gospel of Matthew. And the other one's in 13. We won't look at that. But <clears throat> pearls. Usually about that big, aren't they? You know, you got a ring, a string of pearls, and you can get the what do they call the manufactured ones? Uh, um, there's a word for it. 
very fine, very <laughs> cultured. Mm. Cultured. cultured, that's it. <laughs> cultured fake, yeah, that's really. And they're a lot cheaper. They look the real thing, but they're not. But the real thing costs something. And the real thing, the Word of God, costs something. It's come down to us through men of God who have been very detailed about how it's written and how it's put together. And they were dealing with God's holy word. The original manuscripts there being inspired by God himself, the Holy Spirit, and, and then the copies that have been made diligently by godly and some unsaved men, quite a few. When King James chose to elect the people to, ch to translate the Bible into English as we have it, a lot of unsaved scholars were used. Now, people can't deny that. That's real. That's true. But in doing so, they weren't going to grind their axe on some doctrine, were they? You see, that even protected the truth of God's word. They weren't. They were just doing a job, being paid for it. And so they said it as it was. Instead of having some religious background and some preconceived idea, well, let's tweak this and change these words to mean something else. God is... Do you believe in the preservation of God's word? Yes. It, that's what we must, and God has preserved it for today, and uh, his word is unchanged, and we have it preserved, and we thank the Lord for those he used to do that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah well, they had to translate it from Hebrew to, to, into English, too, or for whatever they were taking it. <laughs> Okay, Paul, <clears throat> something very costly, and it is, and I pray that we appreciate that. The, and as I mentioned, the, the church is mentioned as being so in Matthew 13, 45. Bread. And I think they're all written in that little outline. I, is that right? Matthew 4, verse 4. <clears throat> but he answered and said, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Bread. This is the Lord's reply to the devil when he said, Turn these stones into bread. In the Gospel of John, chapter 6, and verses, verse 35 to start with, and, and going through some more, 35. 635 Jesus said unto them I am the bread of life he that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst if we go over to verse 48 we read there I am the bread of life and he is the living word is he not <laughs> your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and all this type ties in perfectly <laughs> in and are dead they ate the manna from heaven, but they are dead. <laughs> that God provided there. This is the bread that I give you, said the Lord, that cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat of and not die. <clears throat> and as we're talking, of course, he's talking about spiritual life, everlasting life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If any man eat the bread of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And we know that all this ties in together. The manna in the Old Testament. 
What did it taste like? Can you remember some of the things about about the manna? Sorry. Okay, it tasted it tasted like honey. Anything else about the and and sweet? Sweet is the word of God. Something else about the word manna or, that was described like. No, other things. That, like hoar frost, it said. Yes. And is the, is the colour of it white, I believe, like hoar frost. Anything else about that, that manner that you can think of? There's all the types that are pictured in there of the Word of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, it had everything in there. It was like a super pill, I mean, <laughs> super bread. <laughs> it was from heaven. <laughs> That's describing what they were to do with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And not, not store it up for another day. And, and that's very appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> you read the Bible, how often? Every day. Every day. Every day. And it's, we can appropriate because we'll have needs that are different today than they were, yes, than they were yesterday. Um, <clears throat> so the bread from heaven, it, it was called angel's food. <laughs> Not that that's what angels eat, but they don't need to eat to live. <laughs> but it's called that. And he is the bread of life. Exodus 16 talks of it and Numbers 11. Angels food, Psalm 78, 25. <clears throat> and the last one we'll look at, because time is gone. Psalm 19, verse 10, that we touched on on Sunday. We're in Psalm 19, remember. <clears throat> more to be desired are they than gold than fine gold and that's not the one I was the, <laughs> that's one thing but sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb and the honeycomb I don't know if you've ever sucked on a honeycomb you have got to, you've got to get rid of the bees first <laughs> Because they said, I was in a big bee uh, place where they extract the honey in a shed at Rocklesby. And everywhere you went, you had to leave your boot off so it didn't come off your foot. Because it just hadn't cleaned. It was all over the floor. And bees were everywhere. But he had the honey comal that's in the, in the little battens, in the, in the little frames. I put them into the, the thing and he was sticking them in the extractor and then it'd spin it and all come out. And, the, and the, the, the smell of it was to the point of being sickening. Even the Bible says, watch out, don't eat too much of it. <laughs> but it is sweeter than honey, and I don't think we can get too much of God's word, can we? The honey of God's word, sweeter than honey, and the honeycomb. <clears throat> How sweet, Psalm 119, verse 103, How sweet are thy words unto me, unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey, to my mouth, that's Psalm 119 and verse 103. Now I think I've listed all the other things there. We we'll look at them another time. If you find another one, add to the list and just add to the list. You can think of it, you know, in your meditation about the Word of God. Sweet and honey, as I said the other day, I have honey every day. <laughs> just it's it's honey and a Vegemite or honey and jam, but 
it, it's the primary one. And on porridge, I have honey. <laughs> I don't have... Actually, people come to our house and say, where's the sugar? Oh, Jill, where's the sugar? Uh, uh, where's the sugar? <laughs> we just don't have it. <laughs> and we just... There's some uh, those sweetener things, but the majority is just honey. And uh, wonderful. Okay, you can... I don't have any sweetness in tea. Coffee, I'll need it. <laughs> Bitter coffee. Didn't get any reactions. <laughs> but sweet honey. Sweet is the word of God. Sweet when troubles come and you read the word of God and you can be assured that in the end it'll all work out for the glory of God and be fulfilled. Not one jot nor tittle will fail of all God's word. We can be assured.